Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White, our sweet fur baby, is here with us, as always, giving us love and support as we're here with you. We are back for episode 22 of the Arner Adventures podcast. We have such an interesting episode for you today and cannot wait to share our guest with you. But first, let's get to our review of the week. Today's review comes from That's Miss Lori to you. Miss Lori (laughs) says... I'm really here for Betty White, but I do like the rest of the conversation. Wow. (laughs) Okay, seriously, this podcast is in my standard week-to-week rotation. I get excited on Tuesdays when I see a new one has released, and I get to hear it on the way to work. Love their whole vibe. They're putting positivity out into the world, and their guests, when they have them, looking forward to many more. Wow. Thank you, Miss Lori. That, that's really cool. That's so, so sweet. And Betty is just so moved that you're really here for her and did us a solid by mentioning us in your review. And I'm glad you called her Miss Lori. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to be our review of the week and get the chance to receive a gift from Sugarwish, please take a moment and give us a five-star review or rating. We have an easy link for y'all to follow. It's lovethepodcast.com slash Ventures. But no worries, we'll link it for you in the show notes. It really helps us so much to support us and keeps us excited and motivated to keep going to bring you exciting guests like the one we have for you today. And while you're at it, be sure to hit that subscribe button in the platform you're listening to us on right now so you'll be sure to be notified each time we have an episode drop. Well, let's get to today's guest and the episode. Our episode is all about human design. And before you listen, or if you listen and you want to go back and follow along later, you might want to go to a website called geneticmatrix.com. We're going to put it for you in the show notes too, to get your free human design chart. It will also help you know a little bit more about some of the things that she refers to in the episode. Our guest is Christy Inge. She is a human design coach and she really knows her stuff. She digs into so much about what your human design chart means so that you'll know how to use it to get to know so much more about yourself, utilize the tools that you have, and just so much that she can explain so much better than we can. With maybe Mental Health Awareness Month, we think you should just have all the tools in your toolbox to utilize. And what a wonderful guest to have with us this month to show us that. Well, let's just go ahead and get to the episode. You ready? Yep. Let's go. Okay, you guys, we have such a special guest with us today. I actually have a little bit of history with our guest. We went to middle school and high school together. 
And I actually got my first tattoo with this person. Mm. I don't know if it was her first tattoo. I think it was. I okay. totally forgot about that. <laughs> okay. I actually did until just this moment. Mm. Um, we lived in the same neighborhood growing up, but we haven't seen each other in a really long time, though we've kept in touch from a distance over the years here and there. I've taken a course of hers in the past, and she has such a wonderful energy about her, and I just cannot wait to tell you all about her. Our guest today is Christy Inge. Christy is a master energy healer and human design coach. In human design terms, she is a 5-2 splenic projector born in the left angle cross of the Clarion 2. She's going to explain all of that to us. She makes human design simple, practical, and magical, and will show you how to live into the highest potential of your chart by teaching you the inner work skills necessary to make outer change inevitable. You can find her at christyinge.com and on Instagram at christyinge. We're going to link that in the show notes. Christy, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Before we get into all of this, how is your energy right now? How are things flowing? How do, how do things feel? So I'm a little bit nervous, okay. um, but I'm really excited. Like, I know we're going to fall down some really fun rabbit holes. So mm -hmm. fun. we did before the show. So I'm <laughs> sure that it's going to. It's just going to get worse. <laughs> I am. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also super excited. Yeah, it's going to be gonna great. Be yeah. It is going to be fun. I feel like, um, and my husband, Jerry, has never met you. So I know he's going to be really excited to listen to this episode. And we were excited about our maps, which we'll get into. But I have told him before, and this is the truth, that you, even in, in high school, I can remember different occasions without getting into our personal lives, that I can recall you always being someone who has picked up on energy. You've always been someone who has said, you know, I have a feeling everybody, I feel like a lot of people can say, oh, I have a feeling this is going to happen, but you would always be someone who would have a good sense that something's going to happen and they would, or you would say, I don't know. I just, ha I, I have this feeling that um, I'm going to do this or I'm going to be this. And it always would be a situation that would, I think you're very intuitive, even from a younger age. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So, um, there's a number of interesting things about that. And I would say, I really wish you would have told me that like, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I literally like, so, and that's actually part of my human design story is really starting to come into my own about my intuition. So I have a, a lot of intuitive energy in my chart. So my decision-making authority is called splenic. And we'll talk a little bit more details about this a little bit later, but that means that my decisions are based on my intuition, my intuitive senses. But more importantly than that, the gate in my incarnation cross is gate number 57, 57 line five. And that's the gate of intuition. And it's the most intuitive gate in the whole chart. So whatever is in your, this conscious sun placement, this top placement in the chart, the way I see that particular placement is that it's like a divine invitation where the divine is like beating you over the head your whole life. Like, this is your thing. This is your magic wand. Use this tool, use this tool, use this tool. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us go through our whole life, not because what happens with these gifts that we have is that we don't see them as gifts. Like right. we don't understand that they're gifts. And oftentimes our greatest gifts can actually be used against us and be used as weapons against us, punishment, retribution, rejection, all of that stuff. And so it wasn't even until about eight years ago that I would have said to you, I'm a very intuitive person. Like, Really? Like no. Yeah. And once I started like opening my, and this was before human design. And then when human design came into my life, it was like, pfft, 
Um, okay, here we go. Um, it was like, it, 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 the human design chart was incredibly affirming to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been into personal growth and spiritual growth for a really, really, really long time. Yeah. And, and I had already been coming to a lot of these conclusions. And then the human design chart was like, it kind of like anchored it in and, and helped me focus on what I had been discovering about myself. And my intuition is one of those things. I didn't, I had really shut myself off to my intuition. I've had some wild experiences bringing it back online. It's really interesting to me that you say that I would say this is going to happen and then it would Mm -hmm. because I just realized within the last couple of years that I get premonitions and I don't know that they're premonitions when they're happening. The most recent one was I, I had a premonition that one of my neighbors would die, someone that I don't know. And he did like two days later and things like that literally happen all the time. And, um, so I'm, I'm still waking up to like, like, I I feel like I haven't even really tapped into even what's possible for me in that realm. You saying that is, that feels very affirming, right? Like, Oh, before I would have told you that I was sensitive. Like an empath almost, or yeah, I identified as an empath for a little bit. I, I would go so far as to say that I would have told you that I was too sensitive but I never really had language for it. I never really um, connected any dots that it was a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then when I took a super left turn in my life and started doing energy practices, that's when things started really coming back online for me. But that's one of the reasons why I love human design is that it was very, very, very affirming for me and very helpful in really owning like oh no, like I'm intuitive. I can trust my intuition. I can trust those senses. I can trust what my instincts are saying. I can trust what my body is telling me. Mm-hmm. And I can trust that I know things without knowing how I know them. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't need logic and I don't need reason. It's okay that I just know. Right. And um, So it's been, my intuition has been a super important part of my healing. And mm-hmm. um, so an important part of my human design and really, cause like my spleen is lit up like a firecracker, which is the most, in, that's the, that's where intuition lives in the chart is in the, the splenic center. Oh, okay. And so I have almost all of them defined in my chart. I have all but two of them defined. And so I have a lot of, and intuition lives all over the chart just to be clear, but that's like, that's where we would consider that very like instinctual intuition, the intuition of the body. And so we're not talking about like, I always like to make the distinction between the intuition of the body or the instincts versus like woo woo intuition. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I can connect with angels and stuff like that, but that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about right. the instincts of the body and the body knowing. And so, um, so yeah, you actually have a lot of intuitive energy yourself. So and, and we'll get into the chart things in a minute, but I just was sitting here thinking about this. Was there a person that sort of discovered this human design or how did this come to fruition of human design? Yeah. So let's talk about kind of just like what human design even is. Yeah. Yeah. If you could do that too. So human design is a synthesis of four esoteric systems. It's a synthesis of astrology, mm-hmm. the Kabbalah, the Hindu chakra system. Chinese I Ching. Okay. So it is a synthesis of those four systems. I don't find the way traditional human design talks about things to be as illuminating. So the way that I think about like 
what human design is with it being the four of synthesis of four things is really that like if we think about i'm sure you've heard of like like attracts like or vibration mm-hmm. we we all have a vibration we all have an energy about us and what human design does is it takes these ancient systems these ancient lineages of categorizing energy and it matches them so in okay. astrology and kabbalah and the I Ching and the chakra system, these things match together and equal one thing. Okay. And so it's like, it's, it's, it's taking all of that information and it's matching it up and it's based on our birth. So astrology uses our birth time and place. And then human design actually has a second calculation. So when you're looking at your chart, you'll see those two columns that are running down the sides. Mm -hmm. The column that's in black, that's your birth information. So we could transform that information into astrological information. Like both you and I are Libras. You're gate 18, I'm gate 57. So see those correspond to each other. 18 vibrates with Libra. 57 vibrates with kind of like tuning forks. Like they vibrate together. And then on the left-hand side of the chart, there's a red column of numbers. And that is 88 degrees before your birth, which is approximately 88 days. And so that's how the calculation is different from astrology in that it's taking these two calculations and blending them together. And what you are in these two calculations is how we get what your chart looks like, what's defined in your chart. And so what human design is doing, that's kind of like what human design is doing on a kind of mechanical level, but on the more practical level what human design is doing is really it's showing you your gifts, your energetic gifts, who you are energetically. And I like to make the distinction that when I'm talking about gifts, I'm not talking about what you're here to give other people. That is a part of it, but you can actually only give fully when you have received yourself. So it's showing you the gifts that the divine gave to you for you to receive bounty of in your life. And in that bounty, you overflow and give to others. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically giving, it's spelling out. So in your chart is spelling out exactly what those are, how your energy is. So I sort of think of like our gifts as like our tools, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I have this gate 57 intuition. Intuition is a tool in my life. It's, it's a tool, how I make my life better. This sort of snapshot of the tools that you are here to play with in your lifetime and really receive the highest potential of. And what I have found in the people that tend to be drawn to my work is that when it comes to our gifts, our purpose, what our energy, who we are, like however you want, kind of want to frame that conversation is that we tend to only see like with the intuition for me, like I always thought, oh, God, I'm so suspicious. I wish I wouldn't be so suspicious. And why am I so cautious? And why does, you know, like it was like always this like problem and but then come to find out like, oh, wait, suspicion is how my intuition communicates to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when we're looking at our human design, we're actually able to see the, the full potential of expression of what our gifts are. Right. And what I think happens when we understand our human design. Now, I want to be clear. I, I like to say this and I like to be very, very, very clear about it. My intention is never to tell you that you need to reconcile your life so that it looks like your chart. It's more like a door. And so it's like there are all these doors all over the chart and then you get to go in and explore it and figure out like, what does that mean to you? And how do you use this energy? And what is the full potential of this energy? It's understanding that if I have gate 57 and I have this energy of intuition and I'm shaming myself 
for feeling suspicious of people, which I did for most of my life, mm -hmm. if I'm shaming myself for that. I'm not accessing the gift. I'm not receiving the bounty of my gift. Right. And so, and if I'm not receiving the bounty of my gift, it can't pour out into the collective. That's what I think human design is really, really, really brilliant at is showing those of us who have a tendency to be hard on ourselves, kind of repress who we are, tone ourselves down. It really helps us connect with like, like, so when I create maps for people, one of the things that people say to me, literally, I, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard this and people say, but I only see myself on the negative side. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking. Um, I can and, see that though. I, I, I can see, I can see that. I can, yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. I think it's human nature. Um, just because of the way the, you know, our brain has a negativity bias, but I also think culturally we're not, at least our era, like most of us, our gifts weren't actually really nurtured. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a different time, you know, so I'm always telling people like, what I want you to understand is that if all you can see is the negative side, I want you to trust that if you are this, you are also that. Right. And that through these very practical practices, through these tools, by like really accessing the tools and using them, we we raise our frequency, we raise our vibration. Um, and I know this isn't going to be recorded. So I'm kind of doing air quotes. And the reason, because like, I'm not, uh, I would consider myself to be actually woo adjacent, despite what this conversation has sounded like so far. <laughs> Um, and so like, I don't mean, like, I don't mean it in that, like, I mean, literally in how you feel on a daily yeah. basis, like the rate at which your energy is moving is yeah. you, like when you're actually, so like when I'm trusting my intuition, when I am particularly with the spleen, the spleen says, no, when I'm honoring that, no, my life is so much better. Right. Right. And there are sort of different in the human design chart. There are sort of different flavors of the tools. So for example, type, so there are five types. Technically there are four because one of them is a subtype, but they're typically talked about as if there are five. So there are five types. There are generators, which Jerry is a generator. There okay. are manifesting generators and there are projectors. You and I are projectors. Mm -hmm. There are manifestors and there are reflectors. And what our type is showing us, so it's a tool. So remember everything is a tool. Our type is when we use this tool, when we, so our type always comes with a strategy. And so when, that's the tool. When we honor our strategy, when I, we follow our strategy, when we understand the overarching theme of our energy and we follow our strategy, we create more ease in our life. And I don't mean that like all of a sudden your life is going to be easy peasy and life is never going to be hard. Like life is 50, 50. But what I mean is I know that you've had experiences in your life because you're a human being where it's just like life. I'm just like bumping into life. Like life is just not like flowing. Yeah. Like I'm bumping into life everywhere I go. Right. Indicator that you're not following your strategy, particularly right. if you're meeting resistance with other people where people right. are resisting you in some way. That's an indicator that you're not following your strategy. And so when you're following your strategy, it opens that up. It opens up that flow so that when you're moving through your life, you're meeting with correct, again, air quotes, because I don't, I don't mean that as a moral judgment. You're meeting the right people. You're, you're encountering the right opportunities. You are, it like starts to open up that flow so that you're not always like feeling like you made a wrong turn somewhere. 
It sort um, of reminds me, um, and I know I'm going to look, I'm going to completely mess up the way that this sounds. So I'm just going to try my best. Yeah, go it, ahead. Sort of, it reminds me of the, okay, I, I, I have struggled. I, I will own it. I have struggled for years with boundaries. I struggle with setting them and, and sticking to them. And I'm working on it heavily right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I struggle with telling someone no. But, and when I do and I stick to those boundaries, Oh, I thrive. I, I feel mm-hmm. so much better. And what you're telling me right now is that is when I feel that is when everything is aligned with me. Right. Whereas other people, mm-hmm. um, and, and I don't know where who, where they would be on this map. I, I would imagine there are some people who would really thrive on um, maybe being the yes people and being the people who really always do and always. I don't know. Well, um, there aren't any people who are designed for sacrifice. So this would be the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. None of us are designed to sacrifice ourselves at the at the feet of other people's. Like that's codependency, is what that is. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone needs to set boundaries. Is the lesson here? Yeah, but okay. there are um, there are so let's talk a little bit about the different types because there are there are so boundaries are important to everyone. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking at the chart, so if you look on your chart and you see there are the um, the nine geometric shapes running down the middle of the chart, kind of uh-huh. it's called the body graph. And inside the body graph, the you can either be defined or undefined or open. So defined on your chart, that means it's colored in. So on your chart, you have a defined throat center, you have a defined spleen, you have a defined G and a defined root. What you don't have is a defined sacral center. So the sacral center is, if you look on the bottom of the body graph, there are two squares. There's a square on the bottom. That's the root center. The square right above it is called the sacral center. The combination of definition that you have determines what your type is. And so everyone who has a defined sacral center, so like if you look at Jerry's chart, that second square from the bottom is colored in red, Uh whereas yours is white. Uh-huh. So yours is undefined, his is defined, and that definition makes him a generator. And so the okay. different, and you can have a variety of different combinations with the reflector type being completely white on the chart, meaning okay. they have no definition in their centers. And so like Jerry with his defined sacral, he's a generator. He is here to say yes to the things he loves and what lights him up. And he's here to say no to the things that don't light him up, the things that he doesn't love. And so his boundaries are going to be around that saying no, right? Mm -hmm. And most people are generators, 70% of the population between generator and manifesting generator are 70% of the population. Ah. Yeah. And so most people are here to do what lights them up, what they love doing. And I always like to make the distinction that they love doing it while they are doing it. Versus loving the results of what they are doing Mm. because what's happening with the generator type and part of, part of that. So, so remember we talked about, you have these gifts and when you're receiving the gifts, they flow outward Mm -hmm. generator when they're doing what they love. Like I'm sure, you know, hands down, you can feel when Jerry's doing something he loves versus when he's not. You can feel that, right? 100%. And when he's doing something you love, he loves, it feels quite delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's what he's here to do. He's here to make the world feel delicious, feel juicy, feel lit up, feel in love with life. Right. And so the different types, depending on that, the definition, they have these, I, I call it like the auric purpose is when he's doing what he loves, he literally generates energy for the world. 
He creates okay. energy. He, he creates vital life force. If we look at it in a very primitive way, the sacral center is responsible for creation, the creation of life. He has boundaries. If we tie this back to the boundaries thing, I knew we would start um but tying back to the boundaries is that's going to be like one of his main boundaries is like what doesn't light me up I don't do things that I don't light me up that don't light me up I don't do things whereas like for the projector type projectors you will know that someone is a projector when you look at their chart when they have an undefined sacral center so that second square from the top is going to be white and then they don't have what's called a motor to the throat now that is a whole separate tangent so i'm going to cover it really 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 quickly okay if when you're looking at the chart you're looking there are four centers in the bottom right hand of the chart there's the two squares and then there's a teeny tiny triangle and then there's a triangle on the far right mm-hmm. those are all called motor centers and so you'll know that someone is a projector because that second square from the bottom is going to be white and then they don't have any full lines from any of these motors going all the way up to the throat center which is the square in the throat a manifester does so a manifester is very similar to a projector in that they don't they're not going to have this defined sacral but say like they are going to have something that connects their emotional center to their throat. And then the reflector is going to be all white. And so the boundaries for each of those people are going to be different. For projectors, what we are here to do is we're here to take in that energy. And what happens is it's so our aura is called um, focused and absorbing. We're here to be really, really, really focused on a single person at a time. Mm-hmm. So like maybe in your life, you've noticed that it feels very overwhelming to be in crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why, because your aura is trying to focus. And when there's all of these things to focus on, it becomes yeah. very overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. Um, like a strategy for that would be to like, I'm, I'm sure you probably naturally do this, but like at parties, like you kind of like off in the corner talking to one person, uh-huh. that's like your projector energy, like doing its thing. You know what I love about water? Well, other than living by it. Well, there are a million things to love about water. The sea life, the healing properties, part of the Earth's okay, atmosphere. Okay, all that, but I love drinking water. Well, of course, but did you know that humans can only live a few days without water? Yes, yet so many people live a dehydrated lifestyle. Well, Liquid IV makes it super easy to stay hydrated. Hey folks, Liquid IV isn't scary. There aren't any IVs involved. No, Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder form, an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. They have all kinds of flavors you can choose from, and they have some with energy multiplier and immune support. Also benefit, they are non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. If you're someone who either has trouble getting your water in or maybe just wants to get in the express lane with your hydration, you should definitely try Liquid IV. For our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com, and use code ARNERADVENTURES, you can save 25% off of your order and get free shipping. That's awesome. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. 
So we're here to be invited into, we're here to be recognized and invited for our insight, for our wisdom, for our expertise in systems. So Barack Obama was a projector. To be a guide, to be a leader within a system and a human being is a system. And what we can do really, really, really well is we can take in that energy and we can really easily, particularly when we're like focusing on a system that we feel really interested in or fascinated by, is we can, so like, and I don't know if this is true, you'll have to tell me, but like, it is true with my husband. Like, I can kind of guide him into moving back into a space of being lit up. Because as a projector, I'm taking in his energy and it's like my system can kind of like taste mm -hmm. it and can kind of like say, well, this is what's off. And this is like, if you go this way instead of that way, like life will be so much easier for you. Yeah. And so what yeah. can happen with projectors is because we live in a generator culture of like work, 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 work. This is funny. We're talking about this because I, I published a post on boundaries yesterday on my Instagram. The boundaries for projectors is not giving your precious guidance and wisdom to people who don't revere it. So like people, oh, man, this is yeah. so resonant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, oh. yeah. So, but that's what we're here for. We're here to guide people who respect our wisdom and guidance and we're here. And so our boundaries are like, so like maybe you get hired for a job because your body can do the thing, mm -hmm. right? Like you could mow a lawn. Sure. Right. But that's not going to be like what your energy is here for. And so one of the things that's important is to say no to things where you're being invited because of what you can do versus what you can see. Right. So like you can see where energy is not moving. You can right. see where it's not flowing correctly, what, where it's not flowing correctly, where it need where it needs to go to get back into a state of flow. And so the people that you're here to guide, like I said on my blog, on my post on Instagram is they will eat it up like candy. And you want to, you want to like your boundary is if you want my advice and you don't think that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, it's uh -huh. right. right. And so the other thing is it's really important for projectors to get their alone time, mm -hmm. for their energy to release all of the energy that they've been taking in and absorbing. Yeah. And so your alone time is super critical. Like I would go so far as to say that you cannot be healthy without it. That can be a hard boundary is like, I just need to be alone. Yeah. I think I'm going to talk about our strategy for a minute because I think it'll make more sense. The generator strategy is to wait to respond. So what they're responding to is they're responding. Like if we think about the universe as this abundant place that wants us to thrive for the generator, it's like the universe is throwing out a buffet and the generator responds. What does it want? What does it love? What lights right. it up? So it's responding to what is available, right? It's moving towards what it likes. It's responding. And they generators thrive when they do that, when they wait to respond to something that's a yes for them. So the projector strategy is to wait to be recognized and invited. And one of the things that can happen because projectors, we have this because we see people deeper than any other type can. So mm -hmm. when we're looking at someone, we're literally looking at them at a soul level. That's the way our aura works. It actually is shaped like a cone and it drills down into the G center in the chart, which is that diamond in the middle. Uh -huh. That's soul is um, in human design. It's called the magnetic monopole, but our aura is literally like drilling down on that level on people. And like, if you're not a, like, 
you've always been a projector, so you don't understand what it would be like to not see people that deeply. But I'm sure you've had the experience where you're like, why doesn't anyone see me as deeply as I can see them? Yeah. Um, when will somebody see me that way? Right. Um, yeah. I and feel so like I've had this conversation. I've, I know I've had it with Jerry, but I feel like I've had this conversation before. I mean, yeah. so inter- this is so interesting. Yeah. And so we want that. We want to be seen that deeply. Yeah. Um, and what can start to happen is there will be people who recognize, oh, like, like, you know, people, a lot of people are recognizing me for human design. It's been, you know, different things over the years, but like, and then what starts to happen is like, well, they always want to pick my brain. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like once someone taps into that amazing wisdom, it's like they always want it. And so that's another thing that like we have to have boundaries around. It's Uh like, or it'll just zap you. And and we talk about the burnout. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So that's a really important boundary. Manifestors, are they're the ones that have a motor to the throat without the sacral center manifestors are here to initiate they are the they're very so generators are 70 percent of the population projectors are 20 percent. manifestors are eight percent and they are here to initiate they are here to start new things they are here to they're not here to respond to other people they are here to respond to the cosmos running through them like I believe we're all channeling gifts, right? So, but for the manifester, it's literally their whole world. They are channeling the cosmos. The cosmos is moving through them and out into the world into something new. They're creating something brand new. They are initiating. And they, in order to to fully express themselves, they are the, they are the type that I would say needs the strongest boundaries and are, they're actually the type who, are conditioned to be people pleasers and because their boundaries their aura is called closed and repelling their aura is very 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 protective and so it's protecting that cosmic flow that's moving through them and they have to protect it because if it gets sort of tainted or interrupted right they can't express they can't they can't move that energy that's moving inside them out which is that's what the throat center does in human design. It's the expression of inner energy coming out into the world and the manifestor. That's literally all they're here to do. Like if they get interrupted or get the rest that they need, um, it can literally destroy them. Like, mm. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but it can be devastating for a manifestor who doesn't have like one of the things that I tell manifestors specifically is like, the people, because they have that repelling aura, but it repels the wrong people and magnetizes the right people. Like the people who are here to be impacted by whatever they've initiated in the world, love them. And they want them to have those boundaries. They want them to have that space to channel whatever it is that is moving through them. And that's really hard, right? Because what happens with the manifestor specifically is they, they get what's called the creative urge. And when they get the creative urge, they just go and they don't want to come out. Like they don't, it's like, they just need to bring this thing into the world. Right. And if that process gets interrupted, it kinks up. Right. No, I don't think any of us love to be interrupted, but it's like this, this cosmic energy, this cosmic flow that gets interrupted. And it's really hard for them to get back into it if they're being constantly interrupted. And so their boundaries are really around that. And I tell them like, surround yourself with people who are affirming that your boundaries are important because what you're doing, like the way I think about boundaries is that our boundaries are our containers for our values. They are the containers for what is important to us. The boundaries of that container are sacred. The manifestor, it's super important for them 
to really be in relationship with people. I have a good friend who is a manifester and sometimes I don't hear from her for really long periods of time or I'll text her and I won't hear back. And it's like, good for her. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what she's doing, but I know it's going to be amazing. You know, like that's who they want to surround themselves with. They want to surround themselves with people who aren't going to like freak out because they need weeks of alone time. Sure. To create whatever they're creating. Sure. And then the reflector type, they are the type that has all white on their chart. They're the most sensitive type. They're the most, they're the ones taking in the most energy, but their aura. So the projector aura we're taking, we're like, the way I sort of think about it is like, we're taking it in and we're sort of like running it through our system. Like that's, that's part of what we're doing. We're we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to like run that energy through our system. And that's how we know where to point it, where to direct it. But for the reflector, they're, they're sort of like the thermometer of the collective. They're only 1% of the population and they're like a sacred mirror. So when you're looking at the life of a reflector, Elon Musk is a reflector. Okay. And so what that means is that he's actually reflecting the collective consciousness back to us. He's ah. reflecting where our, we, where our consciousness is. He's reflecting back what integrity is or isn't. Wow. Um, like they're, they're like a thermometer for integrity. They, they show us when we are in their presence, when we are watching them, they are showing us our temperature, wow. our energetic temperature. They're super sensitive to their environment. They are super sensitive to the, because they'll just reflect back. Whoever they're with, they're going to reflect that back. They're going to like be, be that, but bigger. That can cause a lot of problems if they don't know that they're a reflector, first of all. Um, <laughs> reflectors, it's really important for them to be, surround to surround themselves with people that they like themselves when they're with them. Mm. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If they're with someone and they're like, I don't really like myself when I'm with them, that's a sign. They're not the right relation. They're not a right relationship for you. I follow a reflector on um, Instagram. Her name, her handle is the balanced blonde might have a V in it. Might not. She talks about traveling and it's like, they're sort of like sampling all of the energy and then they're sort of throwing it back. It's like, Oh, I just love this place. Like this place is amazing. And it's like, that's an indicator. Like, Oh, this is a good place for them versus I like, I fucking hate this place. Like, like that's a boundary for them. Like don't yeah. go to places that you hate yourself when you're there. Yeah. Um, and so if we kind of like bring this conversation sort of back full circle is that all types need boundaries because your boundaries are literally all over your chart. So they're important for everyone. It's good to know that there's not someone who, and I love that you said um, a sacri sacrifice. Yeah. Nobody's here for that. That's actually that's good. Um, that's good to know. Yeah. That's actually, um, I know we were talking about this before, but the background frequency of the planet that's changing, uh -huh. um, is that, that tribal circuitry is that sacrifice energy is a very like negative expression mm -hmm. of tribal energy. It's like sacrifice yourself for the tribe, but none of us are actually here for that. If you've been on Instagram and seen any memes at all, I'm sure you've seen that you can't give from an empty cup, but like, that's yep. true. Yeah. Right. Like things become a meme for a reason. Yeah. So, so we're all here to, 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 to fill our cup and then yeah. let it overflow. Yeah. I say day and age, but I don't think it should be a trendy thing about self-care is that really you, you're not beneficial to anyone else until you care for yourself. Um, I think that um, what I'm understanding, because I don't think I understood this before this conversation 
is that it doesn't change. I mean, your human design, you were born. I mean, right. it, it, it's not going to change throughout. It is what it is. So, it does change, but the essential energy doesn't change. Okay. So, so and, and, and to say that it changes wouldn't technically be correct. What okay. does happen. So we have all of the chart. So there are 64 gates in the chart. If you mm -hmm. look at the centers, you'll see the little um, things, the little tubes that are kind of hanging off the side. And then there's numbers. Mm -hmm. So um, like the head center has gate, that's the one at the very top has gate 63, 61 and 64. So those, those three gates are always in the head center. And if that's in your chart, it's going to be defined in your chart. Jerry, for example, has gate 15 in his chart. That's in the G center. You have gate five in your chart together. You fill up that whole channel. And so when you're with Jerry, you're going to have easy access to gate 15 energy, but gate 15 is not defined in your chart. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, we always have access to everything in the chart. The way, the way the metaphor that I have used is, you know, my dad is a contractor mm -hmm. and he has like a van, right. That he, he drives to these contracting jobs mm -hmm. and inside the van, like, I don't know what he actually has in there, but for the sake of my metaphor, he has a ladder and a hammer and a screwdriver and nails, right. That's what's in the van. Right. And then he also has a shed and in the shed is a power washer. Mm -hmm. but he doesn't use the power washer every day. Right. He uses the ladder, the hammer, the nails. And so he can just go to the shed when he needs the power washer. That's what's happening with you and Jerry. He's going to the shed and using some of your five. You're mm -hmm. going to your shed and using some of his 15. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. We and can so access it when and we other people, yeah, like the way I think about it anyway, and this is not a traditional human design perspective, the way I think about it anyway is that our, all of our relationships are mirrors showing us our wholeness, right? You actually always have access to gate 15 energy. You always have it, but you don't always need it. Okay. Just like my dad doesn't always need the power washer. Okay. Right? So I'm going to guess that you've learned things from Jerry over the years, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it, would be it would be terrible if I hadn't, but yes. I would, yeah, it would, like, I, I would have some guidance to give you on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's learned more from me, but yeah, I, <laughs> I've, I've learned something from him. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that he's probably taught you things. Yeah. You no longer really need him to be there for you to be able to enact those things in your life. Right. Right. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of like, like he showed you where the power washer was. And now when you need the power washer, you know where to get it. Okay. Oh, where okay. it's like, we're looking inside. Okay. Right? He's, he's showing you where the power washer is inside of you. And then okay, once so in that you learn, sense, it would change in a way. It, it doesn't change technically. Yeah. But yeah. Your capacity to use the full expanse of your chart can change. And that will change through your encounters with other people. But it okay. also changes through the transits. So as the, the planets are moving through mm. um, the constellations. So mm -hmm. like right now, the sun is in gate two. So right now, everyone on the planet has gate two defined in their chart. And so what oh. that means is now is a really good time to understand about gate two and gate two, it's in the G center and it's about, it's the most feminine gate in the chart. And it's about receiving, receiving abundance, being present with the gifts of life and really like opening yourself up to fully receive. And so right now, 
everyone has the opportunity. So I publish on my blog, I have posts about each of these, and then I have journal prompts at the end of them. And so what I encourage my people to do is like right now, the sun is in gate two. So now would be a really great time to explore these prompts. It's like a really good time to like go out into the shed and see where the gate two power washer is, mm, right? Okay. Like find it inside of you. And so we can do that with people and with the energy of the transits. Okay. So okay. But the core of our chart does not change. Those are the tools we have in the van. They're okay. the tools we're going to use no matter what. Every day we're going to use the ladder. We're going to use the hammer and we're going to use the nails. Okay. So every day I'm going to use my intuition. Okay. You have gate 18 and gate 18. I also have gate 18. Yeah, 18. That's what I thought in your conscious sun, which means it's the most important gate in your chart. That gate is highly discerning, can come across as quite critical. Um, but <laughs> again, not surprising. <laughs> But what, um, but on the other side, you actually also have the gate 58, which is the gate of joy. And so that 18, I call gate 18, the wholeness doctor, like what it's correcting is where people are not seeing their wholeness. They're not seeing themselves as whole. And that can come across as criticism. It can come across as judgment, particularly when there's not an invitation for it. Um, and I'm sure you, you could probably give me examples of countless experiences of that, but it's really this, like you have this way of being able to see wholeness and there's like something in your body that's like, but that's not living to its full whole expression. We need to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a tool for you every single day. You're here yeah. to use that tool every single day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The way I think about um, each of these gifts in our human design is that I honestly, I think of human design as a spiritual path, as a path to understanding our divinity and coming into the awareness of our divine nature. Mm -hmm. And when we do, and sort of like the gates in the chart are like the tools when we're really using them, we are sort of, our consciousness is, is awakening. We are using these tools for awakening. It's not that you'll never need to be receptive, right? It's just, right. it's not a focus for you. It's not the most important thing. What's more important is for you to open your lens and see the wholeness versus mm -hmm. the brokenness. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you can only like, and here's what I really love people to understand about these spectrums of energy is that the only reason you can see the brokenness, the only reason you can see what is flawed or not right or whatever is because you have that background frequency of being able to know that wholeness is there. Mm -hmm. right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. that practice for you of always of like looking for the wholeness, right? Looking for how is this not broken? How is this perfect the way that it is? How is this? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's yeah. more your work than being receptive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that like, so like I'm actually in a period in my life where, cause this is um, receiving is really hard for projectors specifically mm -hmm. because, um, as non-sacral beings, we're not here to work in the traditional sense. We're here to guide. Mm -hmm. And, but we live in a culture that values work. Yeah. Like get to work, put yep. your body into whatever you're doing. Yeah. Hustle, hustle, right? hustle. Yeah. We can't sustain that. We don't have that sacral energy to sustain mm -hmm. that. We can kind of get a little twisted up in the value of what we can see and the value of our guidance. Like that 18, that, that ability to be um, critical or to see those flaws and what's broken 
it's actually like one of it's literally your most potent gift and you're here to be supported for that you're here to be recognized and like there's often a conversation is like so well like if someone pays you is that recognition an invitation and i'm like well it's recognition it's not an invitation but it is recognition you've all heard us rave about sugar wish i don't think there's a day that passes where i'm not telling somebody about it Sugar Wish is definitely one of those businesses where you ask yourself, why didn't I think of that? How many times have you wanted or needed to send a gift to someone and it was either one last minute or two, you didn't want to send just another gift that's going to lay around and take up space? Or you just didn't have any idea what to get the person. Sugar Wish allows you to send a sweet gift to someone and the recipient gets to choose their favorites. We've received Sugar Wish gifts and sent Sugar Wish gifts and they are always a hit. You cannot go wrong. It's super easy. You go to the website, sugarwish.com, choose the size of the gift you want to send, enter a personalized message and note tailored to the person you're sending it to. It arrives to that person or pup via email or text. The recipient then gets your message and then chooses what they want. They have so many options to choose from, uh, candies, cookies, popcorn, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, yes, wine, <laughs> and Betty's fave, dog treats. Betty gets to choose from crunchy, chewy, jumbo, and training treats. It's perfect for your fur baby or the dog lover in your life. Use code Betty White. that's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off of your Sugar Wish gift. We also have the link in the show notes. Sugar Wish always saves the day. And so you're here literally to be recognized as in have resources in exchange for those gifts. But we, but because we live in this culture that's hustle, 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 like there's often a lot of like mind drama uh, or conditioning that we have to work through in order to be like, as a projector, our theme, our emotional theme is success. And what I have discovered is that the easier my life is, the more successful I am. And that has been hard, right? Like that's hard yeah. to, to, because of to, our culture. Right. Yeah. 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 I think, um, gosh, you're, you're absolutely right. I was having this conversation with someone recently too, that just because of what I've, I've gone through in recent years, just, I mean, I, I went through a terrible burnout that led through terrible depression and it was from, it really was from working myself to death and not taking care of myself ment mentally nor physically. I felt like I was doing the right thing because I felt like, well, I was working 24 seven. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's what you're supposed um, to do. Yeah. And now that I'm taking care of myself and less physically working and 24 seven, and I work less that way, physically less hours when I, it's weird for me. And, and, and yet yeah. I go, but when I, when I feel better mentally and I feel better physically and I go, oh, okay. That is success for me. I do feel successful. I go, oh, yeah. hundred percent. It's not about the, um, which I'm going to get into in a second with you um, on the next question is that it, it it isn't about the things. It's not about the, um, the hustle anymore. Mm -hmm. It was I, because I felt that pressure. I felt like yeah. that's what it was supposed to be about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want to throw in here because just statistically speaking, most of the people listening to this are going to be generators. Mm -hmm. And so I want to speak to them about, because generators can burn out too. Mm -hmm. Any type can burn out and generators can be also conditioned to just work like a dog. Like, you know, one of, one of the things I say for their boundaries is like, don't surround yourself with people who believe you're a workhorse. You're here mm -hmm. to like, my husband can work in the yard 
and feed the birds for God knows how long, right? Like he just loves it it's because like when they're doing what they love, they're literally generating energy. That's why they call generators. It right. doesn't mean they never get tired, but generators want to go to bed. Good, tired. Yeah. Like where they're looking at the end of the day and they're just satisfied with what they have done. I don't want to paint because I think that that's uh, in human design that can that can often be a misconception is that generators can just, you yeah, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's not true. None of us are really meant to go, go, go and live in this hustle kind of culture, but projectors specific. So I think a, a good way of saying it is that a generator, the, the metaphor that I have used is that when a generator goes to bed it's like chart it's like plugging the phone in it generates sleep generates new energy they wake up with energy again right Right. whereas a projector the phone's not getting plugged in right it's not like charging it's not recharging itself right so because we we literally need that generated energy to guide right I, I just don't want to sort of paint a picture that that generators can't burn out because they definitely can. But projectors are absolutely more likely because they're not they're plugging in when they're with a generator who's lit up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a, that's, that's, that's when their phone is getting charged. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas a generator, it's getting charged every night when they go to sleep. Right. So. So on the, on the topic about things and just speaking on behalf of like Jira and I as like minimalist and getting rid of our stuff and and all that. And I don't know if you were talking about it this way, so I'm going to get some clarification, but you said on your website, our attachments show us where we are fucking ourselves and not in a hot way, where we are giving our, (laughs) where where we are giving our power away and where we are surrendering in the wrong ways. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you know, when we talk about our attachments, I know attachments can be a million different things, but as minimalists, our our attachments, we, I was thinking about that sort of in a, in a material way. So how does human design give us our power back when it comes to attachments? Are we talking about it it, as far as, um, people, are we talking about, uh, material? What are, what did you mean by that when you talked about our attachments? So let's talk about the attachment first, and then we'll talk about the power back. So I actually have quite a bit Okay. Um, I would like to say on the power piece. So attachment, I'm sure you've heard in spiritual circles, don't be attached, don't be attached. Attachment is the, is the root of suffering, you know, that. Yeah. And so the way I think about attachment, whether it's a thing, whether it's a person, so like attachment inside your house is going to look like clutter. Mm-hmm. Attachment in a relationship is going to look like codependency. Mm-hmm. But the root of the problem is believing that something outside of you creates your state of being. So I need this thing in my living room to feel a certain way. That's attachment. I need this person to behave this way so I can feel peaceful. That's attachment. Okay. Okay. Because you're assigning something outside of you, the responsibility of creating your inner state of being. It, it can be things, it can be people, it can be places. And it, I don't want to imply that attachment is bad. Like um, I, I am a firm believer and we can look at my chart and I can tell you why I'm a firm believer, but like we're here to be embodied. We're here to be human beings. We're not here, like we just are spiritual beings. Like we're not here to transcend the human experience. We're here to be embodied. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Because we're here. If right. we weren't here, 
then we weren't, we're not supposed to be having an embodied experience here on earth with all this contrasting experiences that we can have. And so it's not that we should never have attachment, but it's that to understand that attachment really does create suffering. It really is the root of suffering because if I think that you need to behave a certain way for me to feel peaceful, who's in charge of my peace? Right. You right. are. And I can't right. control you. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like things in your house. Right. If you're attached to this like picture on your wall or whatever and your house burns down. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you. yeah, it's not that you should never be attached, but it's that understanding that you actually have the power within yourself to generate any inner state of being that you want. Okay. You okay. can create inner peace, no matter what is happening outside of mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. On the power piece, it's a really interesting question because I've actually been on a little bit of a journey with the whole sort of saying of take your power back. Mm -hmm. And I've come to realize we don't need to take our power back. We actually just need to stop giving it away in the first place. Like that actually solves, right? Like if you're not giving it away, you don't have to take it back. But when it comes to human design, like we don't actually want, I, I, I actually say this all the time. We actually don't want to be creating attachments to our chart and to what our chart is telling us. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm like, Shannon, you're here to like see the wholeness, right? And to really allow yourself to open up to that, right? And you're like, yeah, no. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to be like, no, for real. Like, you better do it. Yeah. But what I think is that our human design actually shows us where our power is. It's like the chart isn't giving us our power back. So let's say that, um, so I, I also have gate 18. I don't have it as prominently as you, but I do have it. And I definitely um, can notice myself in it um, in public going to the grocery store. And the lines are long, right? And I'm like, fuck, mm -hmm. what the fuck, why don't they open lines? What is wrong with them? Don't they see that there's like 79 people in line and it's backing all the way up? Like, what are they doing? Like, is the manager even here? Right? Right. And in that, where's my power? Right? Right. But then if I'm like, oh, wait, that's gate 18 doing its thing. I can be like, oh, wait, how's this situation perfect? Just as it is. And can you kind of feel the difference of what I'm saying there? The right? more you know. It's like the more you know about yourself, that's how you take, well, not take your power. Stop back, giving it away. Stop giving it away, right? You yeah. access the full power because like when you're bitching about how long the lines are, you are attached to the grocery store being a certain way. Right. Whereas you have the opportunity to cultivate an inner space of this is perfect. This is whole. This is complete just as it is right now. It's a very uh, embrace uh, be here now moment. It's a very, uh, you know, um, the spleen, you know, as you say that the, the spleen is all about uh, living in the now, being present in the now and taking in the now. That's how the body knows. Right. Like the mm -hmm. body knows what it knows in the now. And so all of those gates in the chart are going to have that sort of like presence quality, because if you think about it this way, let's say that you're walking down a dark alley and there's a murderer behind the trash can, mm -hmm. right? If you are fully present in that moment, your body is going to pick that up long before you could see the murderer, right? Like you're going to feel that creepy feeling. Yeah. But you have to be present in your body, right? If you're like scrolling on your phone, 
and you're like thinking about the meeting you have tomorrow, Mm -hmm. your body can't pick up all the gates in the spleen are working that way. They're they're working all through our senses. I don't remember which sense the gate 18 is, Um, but our very primitive senses are taste, our sight, our sound. And so it requires presence because the body can only pick up what it can pick up when you're present. Right. Right. There's a lot of energy in the chart around being present in the now. Um, And you actually have gate 20. I don't know where it is, but that's, that's literally called the gate of the now. Um, But that 18, yes, there is that kernel of like, can I just be present with this experience in its wholeness, in its perfection of what it is right now versus like give my power away to the manager who's not doing their job. Right. <laughs> wow. God, this is so interesting. I so, know. <laughs> when when someone comes to you and says, I want to know more about this and I want to, I want to know my human design. So do they do they first run their chart or do you run their chart and then you guide them through what it means? Because it does look like a foreign language at first. Yes. And you sort of counsel them through what it means. And then like, tell, tell me, walk me through what this whole, um, the dynamics of what all of this looks like working with you. Okay. Working with me specifically. Yeah. Um, so I am the creator of, uh, the human design map and online deconditioning portal. And so it's the only thing that I sell. It's $222. And mm-hmm. what that is, is it's, so I don't work with people one-on-one. Okay. What happens is they order the map and I, it's a written guide. It's a hundred plus pages. And what it does is it goes in depth into a person's type and strategy because type and strategy are synonymous with one another. Strategy is determined by type and then also authority which we can talk more about that because we haven't even, we haven't even touched that Um, authority, which is your, where you look for making decisions inside of you. Um, So I cover that. And then I cover profile. So you're a three, five, I'm a five, two. I think Jerry's a six, two. Uh Um, I'm remembering that correctly. So that's a profile. That's another. So like, remember we've got these tools, right? And each one is sort of like a flavor of how the tools are working for you. They, They sort of tell you something different. So authority is decision making profile shows you, well, it shows you your karma, your karma in the context of collective karma and your role in that, what you're doing karmically. And then I also cover all four gates of your incarnation cross, which are, if you're looking at the chart, the incarnation cross are the top four numbers in those columns. So there's a black column and a red column Mm -hmm. and they're filled with numbers And so I cover those top four, that top four is called the incarnation cross. And those are the most important gates in your chart. Those are your most important tools. And so the map is a hundred plus pages that covers what all of that means in detail. I don't want to say that there's no one else doing this because I I could never possibly know that. But what I know from what I'm told about the map that I make specifically is, is I'm really super focused on helping people see the spectrum of energy that is available to them. There's something really, really, really magical about that. Like, so like tomorrow when you go to the grocery store, like you're going to have that experience is going to be different, even if you don't change anything. Right. Right. Cause like now you're going to know. Yeah. Like, Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Like it's going to open up a new potential for you, even if you don't act on it. Right. Once your map is delivered, it happens by email. Then you get access to the online deconditioning portal, 
which is that's where you can get, I can answer your questions. I can coach you. I can literally give you all of my coaching tools. It literally comes with like all the tools that I've been building over 15 years career. All of them are included, you know, walk you through step-by-step literally how to do things that I really think we should be taught in school, how to do emotional skills, mental skills, spiritual skills that are really, really, really essential. So like, if we can tie this back to the boundaries conversation, that means when people ask, you have to be willing to say no. Right. And the problem is that we've been conditioned to believe that we have to say yes. And so what happens through conditioning is that we start to take on personas we start to squash our actual gifts and talents and we start to amplify things that we think people will like to the point of like one of my mentors calls people pleasers liars. She's like, people pleasers are liars. Like that's just it. And, and like, and like if we get right down to it, that's the truth. And the reason that is, is because we don't want to be seen as rude. We don't want to be seen as um, like one thing for me was like, Oh my God, I don't want people to think I'm too big for my britches. Like the work that I do inside the deconditioning portal is specifically like step-by-step processes for unwinding that so that you can reclaim too big for your britches and show up and do what the fuck you need to do. Right. Right. Like you need to be willing to take on that too big for your britches persona to say like the reason that I love human design, the reason that I am now at a point where like, I really just believe that everyone, I don't believe that everyone will resonate with human design, but I really do think that it's a really beautiful tool for showing us those places where, like you were saying, where we are giving our power away, where we're, where we are turning, you know, turning parts of ourselves away because of what other people will think or feel. To me, our human design is a shortcut to understanding where those places are. Right. Right. Like what if you had known at five years old? that you had a brilliant gift for guidance yeah, and that you could say no. Right. Instead of like undoing it right at our age. And so that's really where my, like, that's actually really where I shine the most is when I can guide you through the shit that's going to come up. Um, That's what the the portal is and it's ongoing access. So once you buy, you're in and you're just in. Like one of the things I say all the time is like information without integration literally has no value. Right. Right. Like if you, like, I don't want people buying their map and having it rot on their hard drive. Right. You know, going back to that power conversation, that's where the magic happens. That's where the, that's where the beauty of the chart starts to come alive. It's the difference between going to the grocery store and bitching about the line (laughs) and like, actually like, holy shit, this is a beautiful whole perfect experience and the journey between there and there. Right. That's what I love. If you're doing all of this and putting your energy into all of this for other people, how do you help protect your own energy and, you know, practice self-care? Boundaries. But definitely anyone, I know people who identify as like a coach or a healer or any kind of service provider, any kind of person who's helping others in some capacity. I think the most important thing, and this, this does relate to my specific profile, the the sort of, and you actually have, we have this in common, the five, I have it in the front and you have it in the back, but just to be very clear, I learned this the hard way. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be up on the Mount over here, um, for our boundaries, hold our values. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I have a, a super strong value around emotional integrity, Mm -hmm. around energetic integrity. 
And what that means is I don't make me responsible for your feelings. I don't engage in a codependent way with people. And I have really, really, really clear boundaries within myself. I I struggle so, I mean, currently at this point in my life, it is my number one struggle is uh, boundaries. And it's because it's it's causing so much resentment with people in my life. And it's my fault. I mean, it's me. It's my fault. I own it. I have. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's your fault. Like that's not a, that's not really a helpful way to think about it. There's so much beauty in that, right? Like there's, there's so much beauty available when you can go through that process and open yourself up to an even bigger potential of what's available to you in your relationships. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you're dragging around, yeah, like, how are they going to feel? And what are they going to think? And oh my God, like, that's the shit that will weigh you down. It's so and draining. It's so draining. And it I is. I just can't, yeah, I can't, I can't carry it anymore. And so I'm yeah. just yeah, working on it. But it's interesting to, to, it's it's interesting to work on things and then see this and then see how, understand me from a human design perspective and then go, oh, like, to yeah. things That's to make a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the things that is said a lot about human design is that human design is actually for the children because as adults, like we're doing so much to like undo yeah. the conditioning. And, you know, cause like I can say some pretty blunt things like people pleasers are liars mm-hmm. um, or yeah, what you just said is codependency. Like, mm-hmm. and that it can be a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow. But the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that it's not personal. It's literally the water we're swimming in. Mm. Like we are swimming in patriarchy. We are swimming in codependency. We are swimming in disempowerment. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but like, I remember when I left North Carolina and it was like, whoa, there are different people in the world. Oh, I mean, yeah. I haven't been back to our hometown right. since I left and, and I have no reason to. I mean, right. I don't ever like to drive through it I, and because, I because it does open you open things up. And when you when you talk to people who have never left their hometown, whether it be ours or others, you go, wow, you really need to step out because there is a whole world, you know. Right. And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that, uh, so it sounds like we share a similar experience is like, we didn't know until we left. Right. 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 Until that point, we're just fish swimming in water. Yeah. You don't know that there's another possibility. Yeah. Until you leave it. And then you. And that design shows us that something else is possible. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Because it's so entrenched in birth information. What about someone who's adopted and does it or doesn't know their exact birthplace and time? So I don't know if you know this, but I'm half adopted. I don't yeah, think I, I didn't that. know that until I was 36. Okay, no, so I didn't know that. The man you know as my dad and uh-huh. that I knew as my dad is not my biological father. Okay. He's actually my adoptive father. And I didn't okay. know that. And my adoption. So my mother is my biological mother. And uh-huh. so I'm half adopted. The records were sealed which don't even get me on a rant about that. Like, I know you didn't know this when you were asking, but this question is actually very near and dear to my heart because Mm -hmm. um, I went through this. I went through, I don't know what my birth time is. I would say don't buy a map from me if you're not at least pretty closely sure of what your birth time is. I I, I would not feel right about selling it if you're not sure about what your birth time is. And then here's what I would say. So what I did is I actually hired an astrologer to do a birth time reconciliation. Okay. But I do think that close enough 
is it's not a hundred percent good. It's also not good if you want to go into like super nitty gritty, as long as you have a relatively close range for most people, that information is not going to change. I have never personally done this. People have used a pendulum to determine Mm -hmm. their birth time. So here's what I want to say about not having an accurate birth time, that everything is happening for me. Everything is happening for me. And we can look at where that is in my chart. I have gate 51, which is the gate of shock in my conscious earth, which means that shock is what grounds me. Shock is the energy of awakening. Like shock is on this end and awakening is on the other. And so I'm very grounded in everything that happens is for my awakening. Right. That's literally just my approach to life. One woman I was following, like her mom said 7.30. And so she assumed like 7.30 in the morning. And then come to find out years later, she'd been operating on this belief that she was this chart. And then 12 hours later, the chart changed to, I can't remember if it was her authority or not. It was like, well, what a beautiful experience for her. Because to me, again, maybe it's just me, but like my whole thing is like, I more than anything else, like, I don't care if you hate every word that comes out of my mouth and you never want to hear from me again. If you walk away from this experience, trusting yourself, even just a tiny bit more, it was worth it. And so what I would say is that even if you're working with the wrong time, what a beautiful experience in self-trust. Yeah. And, and trusting that whatever, because we do have all the chart, we do have the van and the shed. So there's literally nothing in the chart that you're like, yeah, no way. Like that you wouldn't identify somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. Right. Like all 64 gates, you're going to identify with literally all of them on some level. Yeah. If you're if running your human design, even with the wrong time, gets you looking inside, mm-hmm. gets then you, it. then it's all worth it. And it doesn't matter what time it is. Now, because listen, if you submit the wrong birth time on your map, I'm not going to remake it for you. So don't buy yeah. it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> don't intentionally do that shit. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you like, better you check it. You better pay that you have to pay if you do you that. Double check like, it you send it over. <laughs> yeah, like. But like, for real, like, that's the way that I see it is that like, yeah, no, don't buy a map from me if you don't have a time that you feel relatively good about and you don't know anything about human design at all. Like you don't know enough to be able to know. I would just um, run a couple different times and see if any of those major points change. And then just through your exploration, just, just trust that looking inside and questioning, is that me or not? Yeah. Yeah. And just being mindful that sometimes, you know, there will be pieces where you're like, Mm-mm. oh, it's really going to be because of who you've been told you are. But like, I think that it's worth it even for just the intention of like, you know, if it says you have splenic authority, like really just exploring what happens when I honor that my body's no, right? Mm-hmm. What happens when I do that? So we're going to go to the rapid fire questions. Number one is sunrise or sunset? Sunset all day. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Vacations only happen where sunset can be watched every day. I agree. Number (laughs) two, go to bed early or sleep in? Oh, Jesus. Go to bed early. Wine or coffee? I'm sober. We would have to say coffee. Okay. Yeah. I've been sober for about 15 years. Okay. Congratulations. Text message or phone call? 
that probably depends on what's happening in the transits and who the conversation would be with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> like you gotta be special if we're gonna talk on the phone. I'll just I'm be the same way. Look, my sister will will text me and she'll say, I'm getting ready to call you. Everything's okay. If you're calling me, something's wrong. Like yeah. don't call me. Just text me. Would you rather die in alfresco or indoors? Are we talking about North Carolina and <laughs> hundred degrees with mosquito swarm? Or <laughs> Okay, let's say 70 degrees. There's no mosquitoes. It's- Outside for sure. Okay. Like if it's like. Nice no. weather. Okay. Yeah. How do you recharge? Social or alone time? Alone time. Actually, one of the things that I recommend everyone do, whether you know your human design or not, is mm-hmm. that it's called pure aura time. Okay. And pure aura time gives your energy body. Like there's all this stuff like, oh, I need to do this ritual or I need to do that, or I need to do this meditation or whatever. And you don't actually need to do that. Pure aura, pure aura time will literally anything that you have taken in from those open centers will literally just leave your body when you are in your pure aura, anything that is not influenced by other human beings, including reading, watching television, listening to a podcast for me, my pure aura time. And as I have increased, like my life just gets better and better the more pure aura time I have. Uh-huh. When I actually recommend 15 minutes per undefined center that you have. And we'll link that. Uh, number seven, would you say you're more cautious or bold? So that's interesting because cautious and bold are the same energy on this. On that oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The spleen. So I'm splenic, you're splenic. It can express as caution, but it can also express as boldness. Because like if there's nothing to be afraid of, go all in. Okay. Right? Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Would you prefer someone with good energy or good personality? Good energy. Mm -hmm. Number nine, moon or sun? So this is interesting. So reflectors are actually lunar beings. They're guided by the moon. And so I would have, I would say sun, but I will also say I am, I find the moon mesmerizing, but there is nothing quite like a bright sunshiny day. Yeah. You know, like, Okay. okay. We'll call you half on that. Yeah. And this one is super serious. Mm-hmm. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup all day. Okay. And let me tell <laughs> you, like, let me tell you how all day is I actually can't eat nightshades and tomatoes are a nightshade. And okay. I actually make my own ketchup. I either make it with, well, you can make it with a number of things right now. I've been making it with papaya, but like oh. that's how much ketchup. Like I freaking make my own because I can't eat the real stuff. (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And then this is the most important question we ask everyone. Mm -hmm. What does a life well-lived mean to you? I, to me, I would say that it's a life of integrity. And I don't mean that with my like critical little 18 eyes. I mean that where my inner energy matches my outer expression where my what's on the inside matches what's on the outside. This is probably a little bit of the Libra coming out, but like I don't aspire to like jet set around the world or mm-hmm. um like that's not what success means to me. Six like success which to me would be a life well lived. Like success to me is like having the time to move through my day the way I want to move through it, to be able to like Like, I love, like, making my house beautiful. That's the Libra. I love, like, just, like, walking through my house and, like, feeling like, yep, that's an expression of me. Know who I am just by looking 
at what you see around me to be able to like know myself well enough to make that outer expression match. That's a life well lived is like that. I know myself and that I am willing to do the work of getting to know myself and saying no, even when it's hard, setting boundaries, even when people don't like it, that's a life well lived because I don't know, to me, there's nothing as beautiful as this matches that. Yeah. Really taking ownership of that. Mm. Like I created this life. That mm-hmm. part is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that part is hard. Yeah. But it's like, to me, that's really, really, really beautiful. And it's really beautiful to see it in other people. You know, I believe that our purpose in life is to experience life as ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think that, uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what this says about me and human design and all that, but I'll just speak just from what I'm thinking. I think that um, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and that, you know, all these things line up for whatever reason, but whatever it is that as to why, you know, when you were younger and you would say these things of, you know, I, I can see this happening or I think this is going to happen or whatever. And then I was literally tell we were washing dishes last night and I was telling Jerry about you. And I said, yeah, you know, I've told you about her, you know, Christy, my friend from high school. And I said, you know, what's really weird is I can even remember like standing at the bus stop and she would say, you know what I think, you know what I can really see is going to happen. And I, I would tell him different things that you would say. And now just thinking about these things now and just, I don't know. I, I just it's so I, crazy to me. I know. I bet other people who have been around you in your life would tell you the same thing. If they, especially if they knew you now, I bet they would be like, wow, that's interesting. I just think you've always been, that's crazy. I, I, I think you've always just been this, um, energetic. I think you could always, um, ha- feel energy around you. I, I don't know. I, I'm much, I, then I would have never thought that way. You know, right. you're, you're a child, you know, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, um, but I, I think here, just hearing you now say, you know, what, what a life well lived means to you. I just think, wow. I, I think that it, you are encompassing that now. So mm-hmm. I think whatever you have going on in the future can only be magnified. This is so funny. Like why I say, like I give people the inner work skills to make outer change inevitable because yeah. like I never even connected that. That's a beautiful connection for me to have. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But like, that's, that's that inevitability that I'm talking about. And this life well-lived conversation is that when you're willing to do that work, outside matching the inside is, is inevitable. Well, tell our listeners where they can find you. And if they want to go and have their map, have you create their map and then where they can purchase the whole shebang. Tell us all about that, where they can get it. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well. Okay. So um, my website is christyenge.com and on Instagram, I'm at christyenge. Right there on my homepage, there'll be a button to buy your map. And then if you end up on my blog, which I highly recommend, there's typically links within a blog post, but there'll be a navigation bar at the top of my blog as well. And if you just want the regular domain, it's map.christyenge.com. Well, we'll share all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and going through all of that. And I'm sure everybody is going to rush to get their maps because I can't wait to dig more into mine. And I appreciate all of your time. And it was an honor. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So fun. And I feel like we could have a gazillion of these conversations. So like we didn't even scratch the surface. I know. We'll have to make it a series. (laughs) Oh my God. So like the rabbit holes are endless for real. (laughs) I know. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Well, 
I mean, if that didn't pique your interest a little bit more into wanting to know more about, you know, going to Christie's site and getting your own human design map from her and learning just more about yourself, I just don't know what would, right? Right. It's so interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like I want to just start a whole side podcast just about human design and just have Christy on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think to have that information is really powerful to guide your way through life and, and just really interesting too. Yeah. Um, and the way that you can match it up with other people in your life. Yeah. And see where you cross over, I think is really cool. Yeah. For instance, Shannon and I share compromise dominance and electromagnetic so we're gonna have to dig in with that with uh, Christy a little bit more. And, yeah, and figure, figure some things out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is interesting to see where I'm gonna kill it. I don't even know how to even explain it because I am not a human design coach. Christy is, but it's interesting to know when you get your map to learn a little bit more about how if you don't have certain links or you don't have certain things that there are other people like where she was explaining to me before the show and a little bit during the show where there are ways that I don't have or you don't have and we we come together and and help each other with those energy you know what I mean yeah like we help each other and same with me and Christy that Mm. it was that the flow kind of matches really well so that's really neat it's really neat to kind of tap into it and the way she explained it was like her dad and the 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 tools and the van and the, you know, the power washer and, and, and just utilizing the tools that you have. So, well, they talk about chemistry between people all the time, but this breaks it down. Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed it and I could have kept talking to her forever. And it's definitely a conversation for another episode for sure. A lot you could get into. Yeah. Yeah, and it she its own podcast. I, that's what I just said. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she said too that we didn't even we didn't even scratch the surface. So it's it's you can really get into it. I can't wait to get our full uh, map from her and dig into it more. And so if you want to get your map, of course we're gonna like we said we're gonna link that down in the show notes. So if this episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Please go and visit Christy End on her website and her Instagram. We're going to link both of those platforms in the show notes. And as always, you can find us at ArnerAdventures.com on Instagram at ArnerAdventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 